Happy Halloween, friends! Happy Halloween, my friends! Happy Halloween, my friends! Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Because Mom Said So and Cove. How you guys doing? You dressing up for Halloween? Did you carve a pumpkin? Are you handing out candy? Is that allowed during COVID? Do you guys remember, by the way, that like, uh, I think it was when I was a kid that there was a Halloween scare. Oh, it might have even been before, but I feel like, or just my mom made it scary, that there was like a rumor that like people stuck like needles in your Halloween candy or like poisoned them. And so your parents had to like check them or something. Was that something only I remember? I think it's a thing though. Um, anyways, message me, DM me on Instagram if, if, that, if you remember that. That's at Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. Yeah, I just remember that being a thing, but I don't know if it was like a weird panic, but anyways. Okay, I'm so excited about Halloween this year. I'll be on my way to my boyfriend's ranch in the middle of nowhere in Colorado where there's a ton of spooky stuff that I'm certain I will see at some point there. I was actually certain last time I was there so he's building a container home. It's not done yet, but we, we well, the bottom is slightly done. Um, so we'll sleep in the bottom part of the container. I guess it's like first story, second story. But once it's done, it will be a home home. But right now it's still containers. Um, and I was certain the noise we were hearing was a ghost. Because so the, here's what happened. So like around and it happened two nights in a row around like the haunting hour, like three, four a.m. or whatever. I would hear like the sound of like something like it sounded like someone was rolling like a marble through the in-between of the two containers. There's not much space, but because they're uh, a container, you know, it's like has ridges or whatever. It sounded like someone was rolling a marble through it. Right. Uh, Or or just rolling a marble on the top container. Right. And but that would only be on one corner. And then all of a sudden on the other corner, you know, 12 feet away or 20 feet, maybe 40, I don't know how many feet away, there would be then a scratching noise. There was like, so if it was like an ant, but I don't even think an animal could fit in there originally, I thought. And I was like, what the? But even if it was on the top container, it was like one noise was happening over on this side and then it would all of a sudden be, you know, lightning speed, basically a noise on the other side. So... The first night I freak out and he's kind of like, it's probably nothing. I'm like, can you just go check? So he goes upstairs. There's nothing up there, right? We keep hearing the noise. We're like, what the hell? So the next night it happens again at the exact same time. And now my boyfriend is really scared. Like he, he almost got like mad because that was his way to react to fear and he, we, we, but we could not figure out for the life of us what it was. Then the next day, because his dad has a, a house further down on the property. The next day we told his dad, we were like, I think there's a ghost. Uh, I think his dad laughed at us, but whatever. Um, I was like, no, seriously, I need someone to, to experience what we're experiencing and tell us if we're like crazy or whatever. Obviously I'm not going to call his dad at 3am and tell him to come up there, but still, um, So then the third night, we didn't hear anything. Great. Or we just didn't wake up to it. And then during the day on the third day, 
we found uh, this like white like square, which ended up being a uh, petrified marshmallow <laughs> in between the two containers in that very small space. And later we saw a mouse. So it was just a mouse. But I was certain that it was haunted. But let me tell you why I'm, I was certain it was haunted. And I'm certain the property is. I just haven't seen my ghost yet. So number one, there are a few abandoned mines on his ranch. Number two, a huge massacre between miners and the U.S. government occurred on and near the land. And many people died. Super sad definitely haunted. I want to say there were like hundreds of people that died. And number three, Al Capone of all people was married nearby and used to hang out in the town right by there. And then in Trinidad, which is a little further, I don't know if it's North or South or East or West. I don't. And the whole area there used to be a big mob hangout back in the day. So obviously some shit went down. So I'm pretty sure it's haunted. And I can't wait to find something haunted about it. Like, obviously, I'm not going to go into the abandoned mine because it's super dangerous, but I want to. Um, and oh, and there's like all these like kind of like, well, there's a lot of ghost towns near there, but there's still like weird abandoned things on his property besides the mines and just nearby. Like I went for a walk probably like five miles down the road and I saw so much weird, just abandoned stuff. Certainly haunted. At the very least, it's haunted by like uh, like the Wyatt Earp type people. Anyways, so the final thing I'm most excited about is I'll be dressing as Larry Bird this year, the basketball legend, mustache and all. I'm going to look so pretty. Anyways, I need to do more theme episodes because this was really fun to hear people's stories. So this is a Halloween themed ghost story episode. I put a post out earlier this week on Instagram asking people for their ghost stories and I didn't get a ton uh, because I think people were intimidated by me asking them to record a voice note and send it in and many people, including myself, hate the sound of their voice. Uh, don't know why I do podcasting for a living or stand-up comedy. Um, but so next time if I do a themed episode, which I will do another, I'll tell people they can write in their story uh, as well as sending in voice notes. So. Anyways, I love you guys and thank you so much for listening. I hope I can tour again soon and hang out with you all because you're my favorite people and I'm so tired of not doing anything. Four of the original moms from the hit TV show Dance Moms reunite on the brand new podcast Because Mom Said So. Because Mom Said So is an Audio Boom original podcast hosted by Melissa Gissoni, Holly Hatcher Frazier, Kelly Highland, and Jill Vertez. These women have raised their children in the public eye and share over a decade of friendship. Each week, the dance moms get together to share all their opinions, stories, laughs, and advice as it relates to motherhood, womanhood, and anything else they encounter in life. There will be mom brags, mom fails, and plenty of fan questions. I gotta tell you guys, I'm so excited about this. My sister owns a dance studio in Tennessee and is always telling me about the dance moms there. And she's a dance mom herself to my niece. And it's such an interesting world. The, the stories my sister tells me are 
everything. And I feel like I'm going to hear these stories from the dance moms themselves. Because Mom Said So gives you their take on the hottest topics, latest trends, lifestyle, and beauty that relate to a diverse range of women while offering advice to fans around the world. I love that. You'll hear all about how Melissa, Holly, Kelly, and Jill have been navigating the trickiness of the quarantine world with getting their kids back to school. I'm also fascinated by that. I don't have kids, but this must be such a stressful time for parents, and so it's cool to know that they got some advice. Having to relearn how to cook at home and how they have handled their teens dating. Seriously. What is the difference between talking and seeing someone? <laughs> I don't know. I'm too old for that too. Because Mom Said So is out right now and has new episodes every Thursday. Be sure to listen and subscribe to Because Mom Said So on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Because Mom Said So. All right. Now for the ghost stories. Okay, so the first two are from my Aunt Kathy. The first story I've known, and it's always fascinated me, and the second one I'm hearing for the first time, and I had chills reading it. So um, I'm going to give a little filler in the first story so you know the history of the area, but most of it is in her words. All right, she emailed me this. 1585 Grand Avenue, Astoria, Oregon where I encountered my first ghost. Astoria, this is me now talking, is also where I grew up in, and it has a ton of old history. The Clatsop and Chinook Indians lived in this area for thousands of years before European explorers ventured to cross into the mouth of the Columbia River. In 1792, Captain Robert Gray found the mouth of the river and sailed in with his ship and named the river after his ship. In 1805, Lewis and Clark led their expedition here and spent the winter at Fort Clatsop, just south of Astoria. Astoria was established in 1811 when the crew aboard John Jacob Astor's ship, the Tonquin, staked the first U.S. claim to the west coast of the continent. The party established a fur trading outpost at the mouth of the Columbia, and Astoria became the first permanent U.S. settlement west of the Rocky Mountains. I didn't know that. I googled that before this. Makes me feel cool. (laughs) The town also has a ton of historic old buildings, one of which my aunt's story takes place. So here's the rest of her story. The home at 1585 Grand was built in 1880 and was currently being used as a bakery and was named the Home Spirit Bakery. I went in for my morning latte and a treat and As I left, there was a lady standing on the stairwell, halfway up the stairs of the main lobby. I casually said hi as a morning greeting and headed out the front door, but stopped suddenly. This lady had a long black dress with a high beehive hairdo and a black ribbon looking right out of the 1800s. Looking back immediately to where I saw her, the long white curtain was swaying There was no window open or a breeze in the lobby, and she was gone. To confirm this sighting, I asked the barista and described the woman and what she was wearing. He immediately went to the old buffet outside the counter, 
opened the drawer and pulled out a picture of her playing a piano in the same outfit. Apparently, she had left little clues of her existence to the owners when doing pottery in the basement. Of course, it had to be investigated, and the Historical Society had an article on her as a prominent member of St. Mary's Catholic Church, of which her and her husband donated the first $500 to build the church. She had a pew that only she and her nieces used for Mass, as she had no children of her own. We attend that church, and my daughter was attending the school there. Oh my god. So... That's the end of it. But I love a ghost sighting that can be corroborated by a photo and a known person who had lived and spent time there. Okay, here's her second story. My brother, mother, daughter, and I were sleeping in a 13th century farmhouse B&B in Normandy, France on a July full moon night in 2013. Our two-bedroom, one-bath unit was built above the animal stables. At about 3 a.m., I went to use the water closet and felt something brush by me walking down the hall. I looked, and at first thought he was my brother, and then noticed it was a man wearing white roomy pants with a billowy blue shirt. He had dark hair that was cut like a bowl cut, somewhat long. He hurried past me, disappearing down the hall. I got that cold, chill feeling people talk about, but wasn't frightened. The next morning, we were having breakfast with a couple of Irish women who had spent the night in the rooms at the other side from where we had stayed. They asked the owner if there had been any ghost noise or reference of such. My brother asked me not to bring up what I saw, but apparently there was some past activity according to the owner. I love both these stories, and the second one reminds me of a story I heard on a podcast recently. I think it was a morbid episode where they were telling the story of a haunted house, And I believe an expert of sorts said that oftentimes ghosts don't realize they are dead or something. They think you are like invading their space, which I guess technically we are because we came later. So, okay, since my Aunt Kathy told a story about a European ghost she saw, I'll tell of my experience in London. I'm pretty sure I've told it on the podcast at some point, but since it's spooky Halloween, I'll tell it again. All right, here's my London story. So... My, uh, my friend Stassi and I, we, we were traveling to London and we got an Airbnb in a, I mean, I assume it's London. A lot of the buildings are historic. So it was like an older historic building and our Airbnb was like a basement level type one. It was super nice, but it was like sub street level. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and so it was the first night we arrived So basically, we get off the plane. It's probably like 10 p.m. or something, London time. And we get into the Airbnb. It's super pretty. It's like all been remodeled modern. And we we each have our own room. And we're pretty tired. And we want to have like a full day the next day. So we decide to just go straight to bed. And so I go into my room. And I head like lightly or lightly the word I don't know like open the window just like a crack um and so there so there was also like a like a courtyard down there I I think the courtyard must have gone all the way straight up the building because I don't a basement wouldn't have a like an outdoor courtyard so so I open it just like a little crack there's no screen on it so 
just want to get fresh air. So I'm laying in bed, have not fallen asleep yet. I have like just closed my eyes and I hear a like scampering, like a, like across the, the wood floor. And I was like, shit, an animal came in through that window. Scamper, scamper, scamper. And then all of a sudden my mattress. So it, I think it w- must've been like a, I don't know if it's a platform bed or it had like a uh, box spring underneath, but just the top mattress literally started moving as if someone took like a really strong person and could grab just, you know, the full part of the width of the mattress, I guess, or thickness of the mattress. It felt like they started shaking it in like a wave-like motion, like to the point where it, it jolted my body up a few times. And so I like frantically got out of bed and I ran into Saucy's room and I was like, uh, there's a ghost freaking out, freaking out. Tell her all about it. And so I then freaked her out. (laughs) She ended up being up all night, but kind of like my aunt Kathy said, like I was honestly more annoyed than anything because I needed sleep. And so I just, I went back into the bed. So there was no animal. No animal is going to shake the bed like that. Um, And I didn't see an animal in there. And so I went back into the room probably like half an hour to an hour later. And I just like said, yo, ghost, super funny. Totally get the joke. Can we just let me sleep now? I get it. Maybe this is your place, but please let me sleep. And then I actually slept fairly soundly. I don't know. It was like, Okay, for example, I'm staying at my parents' house in the desert and there's a lot of like big windows and and even though it's, you know, in a safe community, any little noise freaks me out in the middle of the night. Like I'm I get really scared. I have a butcher knife next to the bed when I'm alone here. Um and sometimes I sound like a crazy person like if I go out to like get a snack in the middle of the night like 3 4 5 a.m. like I like to do. Um I'll take the knife w- with me and I'll brandish it in front of the back window. Just like, like I try to look as crazy as possible. No one's coming to get me, but like I get scared here and I've never had a ghost experience here for whatever reason. I got over that incident really quickly. So I don't know, maybe there's some, there's something about ghosts that it's just like, Oh, that was a weird experience, but like, you're not scared, scared. Uh, I'm well, I know there's like some evil, like demonic spirits, but like when it's just like a mischievous ghost or just like an apparition you see, like, I don't think it's scary. I think it's just like a feeling in your body you get. So anyways, no two migraines are alike. If you have migraines, you know that that's why Cove helps you find an FDA approved treatment that works for your migraine. Cove helps you get the migraine relief you need all online. Go to withcove.com and complete a quick online consultation. A licensed doctor will recommend a treatment plan customized to your migraine and your prescription will be delivered to your door for as little as $10 per month. Just a few minutes of your time and you get a personalized treatment plan from 20 plus research-backed doctor-recommended migraine medications. And you don't have to worry about running out because Cove sends your migraine meds every month. There's no insurance needed, no trip to the pharmacy, all online. Meds sent right to your door. With Cove, you can have more migraine-free 
days. So like I said, everyone's migraines are different. Mine are triggered hormonally. My mom just told me she had a horrible migraine the other day. I was calling her and she was like, I can't talk right now. I need to just close my eyes. My migraine is hitting. I'm like, mom, you got to get Cove. They've treated over 300,000 migraine attacks and counting. Go to withcove.com to see their reviews. 96% of customers give them five stars. Get the relief you need right now with Cove. Go to withcove.com slash be here for 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping. That's 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping at withcove.com slash be here. That's W-I-T-H-C-O-V-E dot com slash be here. B-E-H-E-R-E. Okay, so here is the next story. So this one is told by my friend. Um, So this is a story about intuition from my Aussie friend, Lisa Tate, who is the co-host of the Prince and the Pervert podcast, committed to taking down Jeffrey Epstein, even though he's dead, and all of his evil cohorts. So here's her story. Hello, Rachel. It's Lisa from Australia here, and it's Halloween. Okay, Rachel, so unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, I have intuition about people who I will never see again, and I hate it, and it only applies to men. And because I have anxiety, it's not good. So about three years ago, my friend had a stroke in Bali and died. And I'd seen him the March before and he was okay. He was like 49 years old. But as I was leaving to say goodbye because we stayed at their house for a few days, I thought, I will never see Rob again. So that was awkward. Then... A couple of years later, after that, um, my lawyer had wanted to contact my doctor because we all lived in Bali, Rob, my husband, his wife, Julie, we all lived in Bali. So I said to my lawyer, look, you can, but he's really old. This is my doctor in Bali. What if he died? So I Googled him. Yep, Dr. Thong had died. And then recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking of my old university friend, Tony, and I couldn't find him on Google, which was weird because he worked like at the Australian Broadcasting Commission and then he worked on a sports television program. So I was Googling him and then I find out a few days later, he was in hospital dying of cancer at the age of 46. That was awful. Absolutely awful. And I also knew it would be the last time I saw my friend's ex, which, okay, so this guy was married to my friend and I never liked him. He was a bit of an elitist. So they were still together one day and he jogged past my friend's old house and I thought, oh, well, I won't be seeing James again. Turns out he was having an affair and he promptly moved to Melbourne, which is about... 3,000 kilometres from me, so I probably won't see him again. I do not want this, so if anyone has a solution for these flash, their flashes of insight, how to get rid of them, that would be great. But the whole Rob thing, that was weird. 
very, very weird because he wasn't sick or anything. Um, my doctor in Bali, more likely. Anyway, Rach, I'm going to go and have a great Halloween. Bye. So I just think like what an interesting and completely anxiety producing intuition to have. Like I don't have an intuition about people that I'm never going to see again, but I feel like I've recently developed an anxiety around needing the proper goodbye or the perfect goodbye before someone gets on a flight or a road trip, specifically with my boyfriend, Greg, because he's constantly driving back and forth from here to his ranch in Colorado and wherever the hell else he goes. You're shady, Greg. Um, <laughs> joking. Which is at least a 12-hour drive. And so, like, I'll need to, like, have, like, the right hug. And I'll need to make sure I make eye contact when I say I love you, like, right before he leaves. And I don't know. Like, I like, feel like I need that to make sure he's going to be safe. Uh, our minds are crazy places. But I... To a smaller degree, I get her anxiety around that. And hey, DM me or DM her. She's on uh, Instagram at the Prince and the Pervert podcast. I think that's what it is. Because um, she does ask in her story, like, do you guys know any solutions for this? But maybe, hey, Lisa, if you listen to this, maybe hypnotism? I don't know. I had a girl, uh, lovely, lovely, funny girl, Amanda Matthews on, who got um, hypnotized for her, uh, is it overeating or like anxious eating? And it never happened again. So I don't know. It could be that. Okay. And now for our final story from Amber Mendoza. I won't give it away, but it's creepy. Hi, Rachel. So this is a story about me that I don't remember but my mom has told me about and has like recollected to me because um, it always freaked her out. So when I was younger, my mom was still going through grad school and some of her assignments, if she couldn't find childcare, she'd bring me along, you know, as long as it wasn't client facing or anything that, you know, showed personal stuff or whatever. So for some reason for this assignment, she had to go to a cemetery and had to do some kind of like record keeping with tombstones. I don't remember the exact reason. Anyways, she couldn't find childcare and she took me with because she was just like, well, it's no harm, you know, just bring her with me. It'll be fine. Well, my mom said that I was like super gleeful and excited. You know, she told me the whole thing, like respect the tombstones, respect the graves. Like this is a place, like this isn't a playground. So she was kind of doing her assignment and just making sure I was within eyesight. Well, at one point I'm like sitting down again, like just weirdly happy, but I guess like not understanding or realizing what a cemetery is, things like that. You know, my mom just didn't think anything of it. Well, I eventually sit down and I'm like singing and laughing and talking and it's not abnormal for me. I was an only child, so I learned very early how to entertain myself. But my mom realizes that I'm not just like singing. I'm also like having this conversation. And mind you, I'm young enough where, you know, walk, talk, all that kind of stuff, but I still can't. I'm not at the point where I can read. And my mom comes over and she's just like, hey, like, what you doing? And 
I was like, oh, just like, you know, talking and seeing mom's like, who are you talking to? I like look at her apparently super perplexed. I'm like the little boy. And she's like, what? And she goes, oh, I was like, oh, like, then I was confused because I guess I was like, he, he left. And mom was like, what little boy? And she's, I was like, the little boy that was here. Like, what are you talking about? Again, can't read, let alone like do math. My mom looks down at the tombstone that I'm sitting in front of does the math it's like a little boy under five years old so my mom's like okay it's a little strange but whatever so she continues on finishes her assignment at the end we're leaving and I like freak out in the back and I'm like you need to roll down the window you need to roll down the window she's like what and I was like open the door we're like roll down the window and so either way we get like the window of the door open and I'm like I need to say goodbye I need to go to say goodbye and I was like what I like lean out the car and I'm like, bye, nice old man. Have a good day. My mom, of course, like looks at my just like in the middle of the week. So it's not like typical time for like visitors or anything like that. My mom looks over to where I'm waving and talking and there is no one standing there. And my mom is like, all right, we are leaving. And if I do come back for any reason, we are not bringing Amber along. So... Like I said, I don't remember this at all, but my mom obviously has a very clear recollection of it, has like always been freaked out and just kind of knew then, I guess, that I've always had some kind of connection with the supernatural or so she says. I don't know about you, but I think kids talking to ghosts is the absolute creepiest thing. Like, thrilled to have this one end the spooky episode because that is... Like, if I have kids and my kid starts, like, talking to nothing in a corner, or, like, in her story, nothing in a cemetery, that would freak me the F out. (laughs) Well, I love you guys. I hope you have a spooky Halloween filled with ghost sightings, creative costumes, all the candy. Love ya. Party on.